0: Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: And here's Fox creeping forward. He pulls up 18 footers. The Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice, gives the belly 35 foot 3 for the win. Giovanni,
0: be we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat it,
1: golf, whatever you want to do. 40 to 48 minutes. I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Post Podcast. My name is Brandon Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? Post game one, how you doing? Um... Yeah.
0: It's, uh... It's not great. It's not great. I'm... Yeah man. This was such a bummer. Um, I was so excited to come back to the season tonight. I couldn't believe it when it was happening. When they were getting in the tip off, like I still was my mind's been struggling all day and like just seeing that begin. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And even as the game was going I'm like I kept having to like remind myself that this mattered. I was like, Oh like this game counts it was so hard to get back into it and i'm like i realized it counted and like by the end of it in the fourth quarter i was stressed i was very stressed
1: it was too much for me and um yeah like ultimately
0: this was terrible
1: yeah i mean i think the kings forgot this game mattered at the beginning too giving up a 19-0 run in the first quarter um and yeah i mean just coming out the gates like it was it was a classic sacramento game really where like you just fall behind decently at the start. And then in the second quarter, they end up bringing it back close. And then the, thir- the second half was a completely different story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, out the gate, I felt like they they had a decent pace to them. Like, I think that the pace just seems to be back a little bit uh, with an emphasis of, you know, just winning as many games as possible right now. Um, and obviously Fox was the clear leader of that. I mean, at least that's one positive with a huge asterisk that, like, you get a career night from Fox. Obviously, you couldn't get a win, which sucks uh, that you get that effort from your lead man and you still can't get the W, but Fox was absolutely phenomenal in this one, to say the least. Yeah, he was incredible.
0: Um, You know, I did, I said on Twitter it was the best game of his career. I think I actually will stand by that. I have, obviously, a lot of recency bias. I haven't seen him play in a very long time, so it's going to feel more special. Tonight, but I think I am going to stand by that just because everything that we've wanted from him for so long, it's it's takeover mode. We've been saying it forever, and it's it's what everyone, everyone knows. He needs to take over the game even more. Um, He's, like, brought his usage up a lot this season, but, like, it still needs to go up and up and up, and I, I don't know. I'm sure I could uh, pull up the usage numbers for tonight, but he took 33 shots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and an incredible amount of those were at the basket. He was incredible. Is the, that's the is this the volume that you want to see from him?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, it, it's a lot, but I, like you said, I mean, 33 attempts, he knocked down 17 of them. You mentioned a lot of them being in the paint. His finishing was absurd. Um, I do think that. He obviously favors his left a lot, like he finished left a lot, and but he was really good about being slithery and kind of making space to be able to finish with that left. Uh, maybe if teams key on that a little more, they'll be able to take that away, but no, I mean, I think he did a great job driving. He pieced together some crazy dribble moves with snapbacks, snatchbacks, like in and outs, um, uh, euro steps, like he was doing everything. I liked his confidence from three, too, even though it wasn't going in very much. Uh, Whenever guys were going under, he was pretty quick to pull it. He did have, like, one or two that he felt like he really hesitated or maybe he didn't have his feet set fully and was in between decisions. But, yeah, I mean, this is the aggressive Fox that you want. Like you mentioned, career high, 39 points, um, 33 attempts, six assists as well. Like, I mean, he set up teammates a decent amount. But, yeah, I mean, this is the takeover guy that you really want to see for Sacramento. and he did it throughout the entire game, like 11 points in the first quarter, 10 in the second, 10 in the third, and uh, nine in the fourth. Um, yeah, I mean, the offense was was really impressive from Fox, and uh, we even got some minutes of Fox alongside Corey Joseph, which we didn't see all too much throughout the year. What did you kind of think of those two guys being side-by-side? I didn't think much of it. I don't know. I That was
0: not where I thought that this conversation was going to go. Um, of all the notes I took on the game, I don't think any of them really included Corey Joseph. I'll just be honest with you, yeah uh you know it's that uh, if we're gonna move to someone else, we gotta move to buddy, but before we move to buddy, I will just say that, like you know if Darren Fox plays like this every night, um if he plays like this, you know seventy sixty percent of the nights you've got a you've got an all star right yeah, check um, and you've got a guy that could absolutely be the the number one
1: guy in on a playoff team. Don't you think? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, yeah, a low level playoff team for now, but a playoff team's a playoff team. Um yeah. So
0: let's move on to to Mr. Heald.
1: Yeah. Do you what want happened? to maybe uh talk about like I feel like there's two other guys that had good games before we kind of get to Buddy?
0: Oh, I see. So you're this is how you're doing it good and bad. You're not it's we're not going by importance necessarily.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to be a little positive right now before I feel terrible about the actual outcome. Um, Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Let's talk about Corey
0: Joseph. What do you have to say about Corey?
1: No, I mean, I thought that just the Corey Joseph minutes alongside Fox were interesting because we didn't see it that much throughout the year, and I thought it did okay for the defense. I mean, like, the perimeter defense for the Kings just kind of is underwhelming, and, like, we saw that a lot this game. I think the defense from both teams was pretty bad this game, so – you know, probably would have liked more, um, bogey minutes or like there is also not many buddy minutes alongside Fox. Um, but yeah, I know the main guy that I wanted to talk about as well, or the two really were Bogdan Bogdanovich. I thought he had a really good game. A lot of it was shooting the ball, but, um, he was really smooth coming off of, of pin downs and had some nice moves. I mean, he just has such like a controlled game to him and he did really well with his, uh, 24 points on six of 11 from three. And then, uh, Bielitsa as well. I, I think that obviously he had some defensive concerns and those really shined at the end of the game, um, but you know what you're getting with Bielitsa. And for him to, the second half, really become the backup five, um, I thought that that was really notable, um, him getting those backup five minutes over Harry Giles in the second half. I, I don't have a bunch of positive, you know, I don't have any accolades to rain down on
0: Bielita. Um I think that. It was it was good that you know this and this hurts me to say and you know this is going to hurt me to say it, but I think it was good that Harry Giles didn't come back in in the second half. I think he he was outclassed by some more experienced players. Um, I love you, Harry, I really do. But yeah, it was just it's not the right matchup for him, Um, you know. And yeah, but but I don't think it was I don't think it was great either. Um, We watched him get you know, taking advantage of down the stretch there. Uh if you have a weak defensive player on the court, you know Coach Pop is gonna find a way to exploit that. And he did it. And, uh, and if we're gonna talk about I don't know. I, I had so I had so many negative things to say about this game. I'm sorry, maybe I'm just an awful person, but I just uh I, I don't know I don't know. I don't know how much praise I can I can
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally reasonable, and, you know, a lot of the Bielita issue to me was that he was playing at the end of the game alongside Holmes, where he was the four, and obviously, like you said, he got completely exploded, Um, but, yeah, moving to Buddy here, um, like you said, another really big point of this game, where do you kind of want to start with him here? Obviously, like, the shot wasn't really falling for him, um, and he got... Pretty limited minutes. Like I mentioned, him getting – or Kojo getting minutes alongside Fox, I felt like took some of the minutes that maybe could have gone to Buddy there. Um, He did end the game with six points on two of 13 shooting, one of eight from three. Um, Yeah, I mean, where do you kind of want to start with this heel conversation? Yeah, so let's start with the minutes. He played 19 minutes, 30 seconds in this one,
0: Um, and there was 12 minutes by the end of the third quarter. Uh, I didn't check it at half, but it felt not like much. Um, so, obviously, that starts with healed coming off the bench. And what really, I, really, what this conversation is about is about Luke Walton, in my opinion. What happens here is that Darren Fox comes out of the game, and Walton's decision is to generate a shot of Heald. Um, and yeah, Corey Joseph is there as well. And he kind of does this weird thing, and maybe this is a deficiency where we know Corey Joseph isn't a gifted offensive player. He's a tremendous defensive player. He's not a great, a gifted offensive player. But what he does is kind of split the the load there because he doesn't think that Corey Joseph necessarily can handle running point the entire time. So he's trying to put it on Buddy. And, I mean, Buddy Heald had some really bad turnovers. He took some really bad shots. He did not make many shots at all. Um, but it, to me, was the role. I mean, Buddy Heald is an elite off-ball offensive player. He's incredible coming off screens. He's like if he just if, when his when the ball is not in his hand, he is such a valuable player, and and a good coach is going to use him in so many different ways, so many impressive ways. Um, he has so much gravity, and that gravity really goes away when he's slowly dribbling the ball up the court, and then you know pull, you know a contested pull-up will be what he goes to, or he'll throw a wild pl- pass one went into the stands. Uh, got his pocket picked in the second half. I'm sure. He, uh, I don't know what the total, total turnover count was three for him. So I just that's what it, this this whole game felt like to me was that Darren Fox was the game was the Kings game. He went off. He started the game completely on fire. Uh, he faltered a little bit. He he got a shot blocked. He missed a jumper and he got his pocket picked. And and so Walton went to the bench. And in doing so, he went to Buddy the Initiator, point Buddy. And it's a failure that he, that Walton uses Buddy in that way, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, part of the place I'm talking about with Bogey, like he came off a lot of screens and was knocking it down. And I definitely had multiple thoughts of, like, why can't Buddy Heel be doing this? And he'd be, he'd be better at it as much as Bogey's phenomenal at it. Um And yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I don't think that he's a playmaker of any sorts. And most of the time you should have one of Fox or Bogey alongside him to handle those responsibilities, because like you said, Joseph's not the ideal guy to be running an offense as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that with how small you're going, it's a little upsetting that we didn't see much of Fox Bogey Buddy. Um, And like Barnes, I think obviously was one of your uh, few defenders that did a good job on Gay and DeRozan who really were lighting him up. But, yeah, I mean, I think that you really – there's no excuse to not see the Fox bo- bogey buddy lineup for a little while longer than what we did, if we did it all.
0: Yeah, I honestly can't remember seeing it. Um, and maybe that's that's why I'm not super enthusiastic about the Corey Joseph minutes. But, yeah, and then like you said, you know, Hill can do everything that bogey does off-ball, and then bogey can do things that Buddy Hill can't do on-ball. So. Yeah. I, I, I understand that Buddy Hield has caught fire after going to the bench. And, you know, Bogey, it, he's a pretty consistent guy. Like, whatever the role you put him in in terms of starting, closing, coming off the bench, it's he's he kind of gives you the same thing in, in whatever role he's been in. But Hield's been successful as a starter before under Dave Yeager. Uh, I mean, yeah. and in general, like, he's been successful as a starter for – He's, it's not like he's some guy that can only come off the bench and play well. So I, I just, I'll just i never understand why why Bogey wouldn't be in that role of the initiator when Fox is off the floor. And it doesn't really matter who starts either, you know, depending on how you stagger those minutes. But to put the ball in Buddy's hands, and I don't even think that, that Bogey and Buddy were sharing the floor all that much, just the two of them. So
1: yeah. I'll
0: have to look into that. But it just seemed like Buddy didn't have a lot of options.
1: Yeah, it seemed like Buddy was thrown out there when it was like, okay, you're going to be the entire offense right now, which is just not the way that he needs to be used. I mean, like I mentioned, I think that the pace is back decently. They really seem to be pushing that. I think Buddy's a great player in pace. Like, he's bound to get – Uh, forgotten on occasional possessions when he's the trailer in transition, Um, knocked down a couple threes, he'll be open in the corner from the pressure that Fox is putting on in transition, and yeah, I mean, it just was not happening. I I totally agree with you. I think that you should have been seeing a lot more of these minutes together, and like, point, buddy, I think we've said it a bunch, everybody on Twitter saying it a bunch, like, that is just not how you use that player. Um, And, yeah, to be the only creator out there, a guy that and you know he creates for himself okay off a couple dribbles I feel like, um, but creating for others that just isn't going to happen. And I mean yeah I mean Fox is having a phenomenal game. All the off, all the defense is going to be keyed on him. That should lead to good looks for Buddy and Bogey out there. And yeah, like you said, uh, just didn't happen. And and interestingly, like I actually was kind of okay with Buddy's defense. Usually I'm, like, super annoyed with him, but I felt like he was, like, really up in guys. Um, I'm not saying he was phenomenal in that way or anything, but, like, he's given a lot out there, and I think he totally deserved more minutes than he got.
0: Yeah, I was totally fine with his defense tonight. I think it's still, it's not great, Um, but, yeah, I mean, relative to, like, what he's been doing this year, I I guess there is some improvement.
1: Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. All available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, will go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts.
0: I mean, the defense overall—I I really struggle with it. You know, maybe it was San Antonio. They—they they play so well. They defend the perimeter so well. Uh, Derek White and Jante Murray. Like, maybe that makes it even look worse what the Kings are doing. But I feel like the Kings are just garbage on the perimeter. I feel like. They they slack off too much on the guys they shouldn't slack off on, and then they they you know buff up too much against guys that are just gonna run right past them. They can't keep up with them. They they're not good at watching the man and their ball, the ball and their man. They just get lost. And like as soon as the head turns and starts to stick looking at the ball, their man cuts and there's no there's no the, the rotation doesn't come fast enough, and it's just they're just done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at Derek White, 26 points. Like, there's no reason that should happen. You know that he's a shooter, and like you're saying, they're overhelping when they're one pass away, which is just ridiculous. Um, It seems like there's a lot of emphasis on helping packing the paint since they just don't have great rim protection outside of homes. Um, So, like, I get that's the emphasis, but you're leaving shooters wide open, and it's just, yeah, I mean, the rotations were not good. Like you're saying, uh, sticking with guys, uh, trailing them through screens. It was a pretty poor job from Sacramento. Um, and, yeah, I mean, th- there was this was not a defensive game. That's for sure. There's a lot of offense, and especially, uh, obviously, the star of the Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, down the stretch, uh, Bielitsa playing at the four and Holmes at the five. Holmes would have um, yeah, and they just constantly switched Bielitsa onto DeRozan. It was probably three, four possessions in a row. DeRozan made some tough shots, um, but, Man, yeah, I, I can't help but think when you when you need stops like that, maybe you want Baysmore in that lineup at the three and Barnes at the four that we've kind of been preaching. And like, you know, you need some defense. Like, Fox is at, at that point, you kind of just rely on Fox to get you the buckets. And I think that I, I did have some questions on like, okay, they're going at have Bielita every single time. Like, after the second one, come on, like, take this guy out for a little bit, put Baysmore in there.
0: I go back to something you said a minute ago because it confuses me. Um, you said San Antonio's the Spurs star, DeMar DeRozan. Um, Luke Walton really harped on that before the game and after the game. Uh, I, I think he said something, uh, I don't, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I believe he said something like, you know, it's been one of the best players in the league for the past 10 years. I feel like that's excessive. I feel like if you look at all the teams in the league and you look at their best players, which might be LaMarcus Aldridge, by the way, who didn't play. um, But if you take all the teams in the league and look at their best players, I don't think like DeMar is like, uh, there are a lot more teams with a better best player. Um, In due respect to him, I like his game. It's an interesting little mid-range game. Um, I mean, it's more complex than that. I, I, you know, but he's. I don't think that he's a stud. I don't think he's a star at this point in his career. He's been defending the three and the four, which is not ideal for him. Um, he doesn't really shoot the three, which is not. You know, it's just not a modern. It's not. He's not a guy that like. If you're a halfway decent team, you should look at Demar Derozan and shaking your boots. He's a really useful player. I really like his style of play, but yeah, I mean to 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 talk to to put so much of this on Demar Derozan's incredible ability. You're gonna see guys like Demar Derozan every night, honestly, in the yep. NBA.
1: Yeah, which I think is totally fair. Um, I, I yeah, like I said, I think it's San Antonio's star. Like it's clearly the best player on their team that they're working with. Um, but yeah, I mean and he's experienced in clutch situation and was able to knock it down, I think that, like, that was the biggest part, that that he was able to go at a weak defender like Bielitsa. But you're right. I mean, you're going to see players like this every single time, you know. Even a Vucevic is probably the same level of DeRozan or near there that you're going up against in the next game here. Um, Yeah, so I think that, you're totally on point with that one, and that's why it's concerning that they weren't able to get a stop there. And, you know, I think it's just these wing players that, like, Sacramento, outside of Harrison Barnes, like, I don't know who was going to stop these guys. Like, Rudy Gay seemed like a problem in this one for a while. There were many possessions where he would just get to the post, and eventually they started helping guys, so he couldn't just do this turnaround fadeaway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I think just wing players are going to be a problem for a, for the Kings because of their lack of guys that can defend that, and uh, yeah, even you know I, I agree with you. He's probably not a star anymore, but these above-average wing players are just going to be a problem for Sacramento.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a problem for like that's a problem for Sacramento. There's going to be above-average wing players on every team. Like yeah. Sacramento is frankly one of the few teams that doesn't have above-average wing players. Like I don't know what to say. Like if you can't if you can't handle the Spurs without Marcus Aldridge. And Patty Mills, uh, and that, I don't know, maybe even another player is missing. i not. Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, yeah. Bryn Forbes. I don't know. Yeah. If, if you're like, it was the must-win game. We said that this was the easiest game on their schedule. Yeah.
1: The um, next one probably is now, but like now this was this was up there. Like it really was a must-win game. Like you needed to get some momentum. Um, yeah. It was just one of the easier ones for sure.
0: Yeah, like we went through this and looked at every game in the restart and, and like, and it, it tried to, like, figure out, map out how they can make the playoffs, and I don't think there's any scenario because, you know, obviously, like, you know, you win against the, the Rockets, you win against the Mavericks, you know, things can change, but, like, the likelihood of making the playoffs after, if you can't handle a team like the Spurs... Is not good, and and I mean, yeah. you know, with a career, I, I think that you know, with a, thank you, he was incredible. If you can't win the game with 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 De'Aaron Fox playing the best basketball he maybe he's ever played, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can go back to is just Greg Popovich is such an incredible coach, and Luke Walton is not like. That's all I'll say. He's not. It, the, no one on earth is going to sit here and, and say that Luke Walton is is up for that up for that matchup.
1: Yeah. With pop. Yeah, totally fair enough. And yeah, like you're saying, I mean it's super discouraging to drop this one. Um makes me borderline saying it's not happening. Um but, you know, there's a there is still a chance. Um but yeah, I mean you see the play of like even the Pelicans played really well in their first showing, um, came down to one shot and then you see even the Suns like are playing some impressive basketball or um, but Portland getting back Nurkic and Zach Collins have been really impressive. Like, this is extremely discouraging here. They needed to get this win in order to really stay in the hunt of these playoffs. Um, now, if if they do manage to beat the Magic and the Pelicans, like, I mean, they hold some of their own fate to stay. It's not going to be hard necessarily to stay within uh, the play-in spot to get that ninth seed because they hold – their own fate still with these Pelicans games a little bit. Like, you have to be winning these other ones as well. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But now
0: that that Portland won tonight and the Kings lost, they they have to win two more games than the Trailblazers. So they don't, you know, ultimately they don't hold their own fate in their hands. If the Trailblazers win six of the next seven, the Kings can win out. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Making up two games with seven games left is is, yeah, it's tough.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, hard to have faith after tonight, man, this, this one blew like the first quarter, like a 19-0 run out the gate is just, that was so inexcusable. And I mean, like it almost looked like it could be pointed towards like being a little checked out at times too, which is just so frustrating. Um, some silly mistakes. Like I, I'm sure like, you know, Barnes and Holmes are still getting in game shape or whatever. Um, But, no, I mean, the performance you got from Fox, you you needed to win this game. And just so sad to see it go down like this. I don't even know uh, what else to say about it. But, yeah, I think it's an extremely disappointing night.
0: Maybe I can try know carve out some optimism. Do you think that – I mean – So Barnes and Holmes both looked like they, you know, have been playing basketball for about five days, uh, which is true. Um, Did you see that?
1: I mean, did you feel like both these guys were, like, exceedingly rough? Yeah, I thought Holmes specifically. Um, Like, Barnes already plays a somewhat limited role, even if he is a really important player. Um, So I, I felt it with him as well, but particularly Holmes, like, He always has a little bit of foul issues, but even just like having some slippery hands where there were some quick passes to him that were drop-offs that he might let go or just not uh, being able to pull down boards, like he specifically felt like he really could have – that he was, like you said, playing basketball for five days.
0: Yeah, I noticed it with with Barnes a lot too. Um, I don't know. Maybe I was seeing things, but I don't know. He just didn't seem – Fully ready. Um, he had a couple of turnovers. Uh, Holmes did too. That that last uh, that last drive uh, where Derek White took the foul, took the charge. That was yeah. that was a that was a tough call for for Holmes to try to score there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, is that a reason for optimism to think that they could get get their mojo back?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I guess like Holmes. I, I guess you could say you're used to him having a bigger impact than he did. Um, but I don't, I don't know, like, are you going to get this De'Aaron Fox every night? You know, I, I think that it, yeah, sure. Like, I, I get, what you know, you're trying to be a little positive here and bring it up. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, um, that that is an area of potential improvement, but you really need to see um, the buddy improvement, the utilizing buddy that we kind of talked about. and. uh yeah, I mean, it's it's a rough one. I think that you could get some improvement in those areas, though uh, you were kind of in the post-game interviews. What was the vibe like with most of the uh, players' coaches? Um, yeah, man, I don't like it. Support for the King's Pulse podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, we all have a time where we have hurt ourselves, or at least been terrified to hurt ourselves. I know I do, trimming below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. This is a premium tool with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes, works in the shower so you can take care of your business in there if you prefer that. also has an extremely cool LED light attached to it that illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that chunk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code King's at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code King's Pulse, no space, King's at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code KingsPulse with no space.
0: You know, coaches, they don't, I don't think that most coaches like the media, Um, even if it's just a, you know, Zoom call or whatever. But I I don't think that many coaches like to, you know, like to share their real thoughts with the media. I think that's like pretty, pretty rare. Um, I think Walton is really good at not saying anything, uh, anything of any real value or you know, I mean, he kind of just well, – Walton's always kind of done this, and maybe this is him trying to be, you know, whatever. Spe- speculation on my part, maybe he's trying to be as honest and forthcoming as he possibly can be. But he generally just, like, looks at the box score and it's like, oh, um, they uh, out-rebounded us or uh, we we had too many turnovers, too many fouls. It's like that's – no one – that's not the issue. Like no one, I don't know. No one really thinks that. I, I don't. I don't think that. It, like none of the problems that I saw on the floor today were like <sighs> too many turnovers. It's stuff that it's it's much deeper than that. Those are just like the the resulting symptoms of
1: of issues that that are that are much deeper. Yeah, totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean it doesn't feel like we've gotten much from Walton from the quotes I've seen and. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. Like, you know, even the ones of, like like you said, DeRozan being a star, like we weren't able to stop him. It's like, well, you didn't try anything different the entire time. Uh, you just kept letting Bielitsa get in, switched on to him. And, of course, that went terribly. Can't,
0: can't stop him.
1: Can't right.
0: stop him. Right. Bielitsa couldn't could stop, stop
1: him. Bielitsa could not stop him.
0: <laughs> who could stop DeMar DeRozan? What are we going to do? Right. What are we going to do? Nothing yeah. we can do about it. DeMar DeRozan's on there. I guess not. Yeah. Uh. I, I'll, I'll say, like, you know, Fox, I think Fox has really impressed me consistently with his post-game stuff because he is so professional and, like, he just – he 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 says all the right things. Um, you know, I noticed uh, our friend Jill tweeted out something to the effect of, uh, you know, Buddy Heald's post-game conference is going to be really interesting. Um and uh, I, I, I mean, it was like, he's not going to have a post-game conference. That's kind of an advantage of this bubble as well. Like, you can't even talk to the guys that are going to say anything, you know, remotely controversial or the guys that struggled. I don't, you know, Buddy said something interesting tonight, it, you know, based on his minutes and his performance and the, the role he was asked to play. I don't know what it would have been, but, you know, he he shoots from the hip. Um, He really does. So... I don't know. Fox is the opposite, and they put out bogey, too. I think two of maybe their most professional, well-spoken um, public re- relations has to love those guys because they're both just so on point, and they're both so positive and they're just like, even though Fox is a young guy, they just feel like veterans from answering these questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously plenty for Kings fans to like about Fox on and off the court. I mean, that's the one huge positive of this game is that he looked like a legitimate superstar. I said one of the biggest things that Sacramento needed was Fox to come out and just completely take over, and we saw him do that. I mean, you get a little bit better performances from some of the supporting cast here, and this really should be a win. Um, it's discouraging moving forward, but at very least, you have a really promising short-haired De'Aaron Fox, um on your hands and oh yeah. <laughs> and how you feeling uh moving into game two against Orlando. Now this one's like seriously a must win. I know it already was, but I feel terrible. this is
0: they played like garbage. I mean I, I I everyone other than than Darren Fox and Bogdan Loganovich who were the two players that of course got talked to the media um Yeah, everyone else played really badly. I I, I don't know what to really say. I mean, you know, and I I have relative excuses for certain guys. You know, some of them weren't actively bad. I think Barnes and Holmes, you know, genuinely are struggling to come back, uh, make these adjustments. The only other guy that I think played a good game is probably my man, Uh, Jeffries. Daquan Jeffries played, like, seven real minutes of NBA basketball, like, valuable minutes of NBA basketball
1: tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're talking about, like, some defensive struggles to rookie, but, like, I would have liked to see him or, like, Bazemore out there towards, um, towards the end of it. Like, yeah, it was, it was nice to actually see him get some real run now that the games are mattering. Um. Just the first time uh, we'll look at. I'm taking a peek at the chat here, or I've kind of had it open a little bit. But we got Patrick Burns saying, "Why doesn't he play more?" Um, I mean, would you have wanted to see more of Daquan Jeffries minutes? If, if given, given that you liked what you saw.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be comfortable with 10 to 12 minutes of Daquan Jeffries already. I probably wouldn't have them be like crunch time, just because he is an experienced. Yeah. I mean, I think they could play like. He seems like a guy you could put on DeMar DeRozan if one Rose is playing the four. Uh, you know, in, in this weird, awkward lineup, you could throw him out there. I um, also want to give, yeah, I mean, how much more would you want from from Jeffries?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think about what you said. Just a few more here and there uh, would have been nice to, to get towards Jeffries and yeah, I, I mean, I probably would have been some of those uh, minutes that were given to Kojo or, like you said, even, um, you know, some of the four minutes. I think that's kind of where you identified, and I'd agree with you, that I think that Jeffries can really get some minutes, especially when you're playing really small like this. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more, um, and then specifically, I mean, I would have liked seeing some Baysmore ones at the end there, which I've said a couple times um, since the Elites was just getting destroyed. Yeah,
0: 30 minutes for Beal was a little too high for me tonight. Um and then, you know, just to touch on on Harry again, um the 4 minutes, only that quick run for him, it was a very tough 4 minutes. I, I believe they went down 10 points uh in that in that 4 minutes. Um I don't think that the move is to play Harry against a team like San Antonio who has a Big, strong, traditional big man like Pertle and also has, like, a very well-planned tactical way of, of going after you. Um, I, I think that he's kind of more of a guy that you want to get in open play and you want to mix it up when maybe, like, you just need that extra passing touch. Um, and in general, like, just all the big men on this team, I, I've been saying it for a minute through the scrimmages. None of the big men are just, like, finishing right now. And I I think my theory on that is just because there have been so few big men in practice for the Kings. They're not used to being contested by big men. Like, you know, Giles is there and Bagley was there, but like, we know that like we're getting Corey Brewer minutes at the five in practice. So if you're
1: used to trying to finish on Corey Brewer, it's going to be a big adjustment. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, it speaks to a little bit of missing Alex Len. Um, obviously, he's had his uh, struggles in different ways as well. But, like, say, against Orlando, when you need a body for someone where, like, like Vucevic, if he's trying to bang down low, um, it's a spot where he could come in. And I've talked about kind of the high floor of Alex Len that you get there. And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a nice, a, another option to throw out there so you're not stuck with just these be elite to Giles minutes up at the back of five, where, to be frank, like, both of them are pretty terrible defensively there.
0: Yeah, they're they're just not good options against, like, a a really standard traditional center. They're they're different types of players. And, yeah, I mean, I think that San Antonio would have been a great game to use Alex Land. I know he – I believe that Walton said his fitness or conditioning wasn't up to par yet. But, yeah, I mean, that's the type of guy that line is just like a seven-foot, broad-shouldered, you know, whatever he is, 260 dude that can just kind of bounce off a uh, hurdle, whereas, you know, yeah, I mean, elites and Giles, their their value comes from very different aspects of the game.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know what much else there is to say on this uh, disappointing San Antonio game. Uh Looking forward to their next showing against Orlando. What, I mean, what are you going and do differently aside from the buddy notes that we've really pointed out, which probably is the main thing.
0: I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it. I'm, I'm, I'm still reeling. Uh, I, yeah, I haven't thought about it too much. I'd probably, I'd take some of those the Elite minutes and give them to DeQuan. I would definitely. You know, I would definitely have Bogey running the second unit, um, and I'd stagger it however I could, uh, I'd take some of Kojo's minutes and give them to Buddy Heald, I know he had a bad game, but I would actually use Buddy Heald, like an off-ball cutter and shooter. Well, what an idea. I know, it's wild. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, I wouldn't change too much, uh. Yeah, well, I like the idea of Len, I guess, against Vucevic, but I also could see some value in Harry there because he's uh, because Vucevic is going to be stretching him out so much. Len may actually have some problems with that, so
1: I wouldn't mind seeing Giles on Vuce. Um
0: Yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah, Giles feels like a Mo Bamba guy with the backup center there. You get two uh, somewhat skinny guys out there, and uh, that could that could work out well for Harry there, and. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I agree with uh, kind of the minutes that you're changing up a little bit there, and yeah, I mean, I would also say that you really make an emphasis on not leading good shooters wide open when you're one pass away, Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the things we're saying are just really basic basketball principles, and...
0: Yes, man, this is what I have to, like, this is what I have to get to, like, I would play defense, and I would play defense (laughs) definitely, and like, that, okay, so, we're probably running long here, we don't need to talk about all this, but... My final question to you, man, like, is these little things, like, execution. Like, this is what Walton's been saying, this, you know, forever. Uh, just the team's not executing. It's the little things. It's the turnovers. It's the closeouts, which are killing me the way that this team closes out on shooters. It's so late, and it's so wild, and it's not disciplined, and the rotation isn't there. I, I mean, is that – At a certain point, are are we just blaming the players, that these players are incapable of playing competent perimeter defense, or is this a coaching thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be a bit of a balance, like, you would, it's hard to tell from the outside looking in who it's on, like, you would think, obviously, you want the coach to be really hounding that uh, to their players, especially when it's, like, just things so obvious, like, I think that these guys know how to do that, um, and probably should be thinking of it on their own, but... Like, it doesn't hurt for a coach to remind them. And I think if they were getting good reminder about that and that being pointed out to them, that it probably wouldn't be an issue issue as much. So I tend to point towards the coaching, um, but that's not to be said that the players couldn't be dealing with those, like, somewhat fundamental issues on their own. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I tend to that, – that just leads to me being a little frustrated with the coach more than anything. Yeah, well
0: – that's about it for me, man. I don't, I don't have much else to say. Um, yeah. If Fox scores another thirty-five points in Orlando, and the Kings actually, well, I mean, they're all in Orlando, but against Orlando, and the Kings actually win, um,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll change my tune. Yeah, you know, we'll just end with this was a phenomenal De'Aaron Fox game. Like you said, probably the best game of his career um short-haired fox might just be a different beast man oh yeah and if
0: he <laughs> and if he sinks, like you know I, I think it's easy that another three-pointer could have gone in or even two yeah and then you're looking at 42 45 points
1: also hope he's fine by the way like he was grabbing his ribs pretty bad at one point and then it looked like he lost a little bit of his aggressiveness also towards the end there maybe uh because of that so hopefully he's fine with all that um And, you know, part of me was wondering, is that why he settled for a three really late in the game? I think, like, 90 seconds left, that was a big shot. Um, So hopefully he's uh, fine and healthy in that regard because, like we're saying, I mean, he's one of the few bright spots of this team. But, yeah, I mean, just ridiculously aggressive, also the most field goal attempts in his career in a game, and I think that's just what you need to see. I mean, he's coming into being a star, like, a lot of Sacramento fans have seen flashes of him but if he can keep this up throughout eight games that are really going to matter um, it does a lot for his future
0: that's it man um, check out uh, all the good people over at kingsherald.com uh, check out that Patreon while you're there local Kings writers Kings
1: fans writing about the Sacramento Kings Yeah, definitely. Uh, Just dropped some very funny and interesting merch there. Definitely check that out. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. And you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.
0: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America.